Hey, this is Zach Catanzaro. And I'm Walker Lukens. We're the hosts of Song Confessional, the only podcast where today's top songwriters turn your anonymous stories into original songs. This week, we've got a salacious tale of train platforms and anonymous hookups. Austin songstress Buffalo Hunt transforms the confession into a cinematic indie pop gem, exploring the dark pleasures of our bad decisions. Listen to Song Confessional at KUTX.org or wherever you listen to podcasts. From KUT and KUTX Studios. Think about this. Our brains change. Memory is an amazing. What you think is in our there brains aren't really finished. They're not fully cooked yet. You go with your heart. You don't have any idea why yeah, we're, we're doing so smart. most of the things that we're doing. But here's the deal. How much information do you give to kids? I'm Art Markman. I'm Bob Duke. I'm Rebecca McEnroy, and this is Two Guys on Your Head. Today, talking to your kids about difficult subjects. A lot of times in life, bad things happen. And, and those bad things could be an illness or a death in the family. It could be the loss of a job. It, there, there's all sorts of negative things that can happen that affect the lives of a family. And one of the difficulties that a lot of people run into is how much information do you give to kids who may be affected by this? And one of the things that often happens is we, we want to protect our kids. We want to make sure that they don't hear anything that, that might make them very sad or very upset. And so, and so we may avoid talking about this under the assumption that if we don't talk about it, that kids aren't going to go through a whole process of filling in all of the untold information for themselves. And I think what we forget is how rich the interior lives of every human, including kids, are. And if you can cast yourself back to when you were younger, you may actually remember generating all kinds of fanciful explanations for all sorts of things that were going on in the world around you. In the absence of an ability to look it up or to get the information yourself, it's not that you didn't think anything, it's that you actually thought a tremendous amount. You had all sorts of explanations. And that same thing is happening with kids who are faced with some news or some understanding that some bad thing may have happened. They are generating all sorts of explanations and all sorts of beliefs about that. And so it is important to understand a little bit about what is this person thinking about and what are they beginning to be worried about and to actually give them a license to talk about it. Because one of the things that happens is when you don't talk about an event with your kids, they may actually come to believe that this is something that you just don't talk about. We often underestimate uh, children in all kinds of ways, uh, because as Art's saying, I mean, children like most people have very rich mental lives. And as we've said on previous shows, all the time that we're alive, what we're trying to do is make sense of the world around us. And what we do as a way to make sense of the world around us is we come up with explanations that seem plausible to us, at least with our limited amount of information. And some of those may be perfectly reasonable and accurate, and some of them may be wildly off base but it makes sense to us because we're not getting any conflicting data that contravenes our theories about how things are actually working. And, and I, I, I really appreciate Art's 
talking about the idea of sparing people's feelings, whether it's children or other loved ones, by not bringing something up. And you know that there's an alternative to that, and that is inviting the other person, whether it's a child or an adult, to talk, especially in the role of a parent. And there's some crisis or maybe not a level of crisis, but something sad happens. And you think, I need to have the right stuff to say. By say, I mean tell. And maybe an, an advantageous thing to do is to ask and to invite a child, for example, who with the loss of a loved one or a family member or something, asking them to do more talking. And I know some children are more taciturn than others and maybe reluctant to do that. But I think giving children a space to talk, to give you as a parent or a caregiver a little insight into what's going on in their minds allows us to help them deal with whatever kinds of problems or challenges or sadnesses they may be confronting, because we're not just projecting our own feelings on them, we're actually trying to find out what's going on in their little heads. And kids learn a lot about what it is that they're supposed to say. Uh, And they learn it from the people around them, particularly their parents. One of the reasons that matters is you have to ask yourself, if if you spend a lot of time with young children, How often have you told a child that you were sad or frightened or worried? And a lot of parents will say, well, I've never done that. I don't don't want want my child to feel bad for me or to be worried about me. Well, okay. Again, you know, I, I understand this idea of wanting to spare the feelings of our children. But, you know, if a child never hears anyone say that they're sad or or worried or frightened about something, why would they think that they ought to say? that they're frightened or sad or worried about something. If, if every time that, that you're in a situation that could be frightening or scary or, or sad, you say you're fine, maybe what you're teaching your kids is when, you're, when they're asked how they're doing, they should say they're fine, regardless yeah. of how they're feeling. So part of what we need to do is to, is to model that it's actually okay to express what you're feeling in the moment, particularly if, if your hope is that your children are going to express that back to you someday. And that you're not trying to get people to paper over how they feel, but to go through the things that they're going through and to, and to come out on the other end successfully. Yeah. That, that's, that's the lesson that we're really ultimately trying to teach. It's inevitable that all of us will face moments of sadness and difficulty in our lives, just as if things are going well, we'll, we'll, we'll deal with many happy moments and successes in our lives as well. And I think having people demonstrate and provide a model for how to effectively deal with those kinds of feelings is a huge thing. You know, Art's exactly right. If, if you never express your own sadness to your child or your own worries to your child, rather than sort of feeling like you have to put on this image of you're this staid unshakable person and the child thinking, well, that's, that's what people who are together, that's what they're like. Well, no, we, everybody has problems, but what allows somebody to feel like you're a successful human being is that you can deal with them effectively. You can allow yourself to be sad for a while, but yet you have productive things that you can do to work through the sadness or whatever the challenge happens to be. And children can only see that if we allow them to see it. You know, and, and again, we're not saying all parents need to spill their guts to their children about everything that comes their way. We don't want to overwhelm them with that. But certainly acknowledging that being a human being involves a lot of different feelings that all of us share 
when we reveal that to people and we talk about how we work through them, we're actually being helpful in preparing them to live a more productive life. Next week, we'll talk about psychologically preparing for disaster with Dr. Art Markman and Dr. Bob Duke. I'm Rebecca McEnroy, and I produce Two Guys on Your Head for KUT Radio in Austin, Texas. Support comes from Austin Water, helping residents reduce water use while protecting Austin's precious resource during the drought conditions with MyATX Water, providing near real-time water use data, tips, and leak alerts. More at austinwater.org.